It is Ranking Disputes Day here on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Hi, how are you? I'm Bird. This is Jake. Jake, what's up? How are we doing? Well, I'm doing good, man. Got uh, We got the Super Flex draft tonight. I'm hearing some interesting rumblings going on in that league. Uh, you, and then would you, I got, would you care to share? Hearing Travis Kelsey will be gone inside the top five. Before you could even think about it. Before I could even think about it, which is fantastic. It definitely works for me. And I'm also hearing that Justin Jefferson could be gone too. So I could, and, and Lamar Jackson could be gone too inside the top five. That would just be just fantastic if Lamar Jackson was gone inside the top five. So wait, I'm I'm taking Mahomes. If I had to guess what the top five would be, it would be Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Kelsey, Lamar Jackson. And then you end up with potentially Justin Jefferson or Joe Burrow or Herbert or whichever way you want to go. I wouldn't I would probably dude, it's so weird because I have Burrow in two leagues already, and I have Herbert in a league. Do I want to go three with old Joe Blue Eyes, or do I want to go two and two? That's kind of like listen, there's there's no such thing as too much uh, too much stake in old blue eyes. That's a that's a great man. An, an American hero. Yeah, it's bottom line is I'm going to have some decisions to make tonight. There it's gonna be a good draft. We got I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we got some newer super flex players, including myself. So I don't want to sound like, you know, um, well, an expert here. Well, you 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 are classified as some sort of expert when you were answering questions about Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo on the, uh, yeah. on the on the Saturday mailbag. Great program, by the way. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to it. It's a lower cost league. It's a nice little startup. Maybe next year we can get uh, a little super flex dynasty going. Uh, that would be fun. Yeah, that but... that would be sick. It's definitely different than the 14, man. My God. That's just. Yeah, no, that's um, <laughs> that's excessive. It is cool, though, how you play the median every week where it's like you get like the score to beat. So you get like two. You either get like a, uh, there's like two games that you can win, if that makes sense. You beat your opponent mm-hmm. as well as the meat. I like that. That That's actually like kind of interesting that I'm looking forward to. That's cool. That's cool. I dig that. Yeah. So it is rankings disputes day. Jake and I are going to be ready to kill each other in about an hour. But before we get to the rankings disputes, uh, we have to talk about Jonathan Taylor and the absolute shitstorm that has gone on within the last 24 hours. I will openly admit on this podcast, and you know me, I'm, I'm a man for transparency. I did not realize that the Tuesday 4 p.m. deadline around Jonathan Taylor and when he had to be dealt, I did not realize that that was not a self-imposed deadline by the Colts. That was an actual deadline. It was an actual deadline. Otherwise, he would be on the pup and out for four weeks. I did not know that. Really? I'm surprised. I completely misunderstood. Completely misunderstood. That's that's why having fantasy drafts was stupid. Uh, uh, Right. Yeah. Right. So then when I when I fully got a handle of it, I was like, oh, that makes sense. That there made, is a real made a ton of sense to me. L- let me tell you what, Bird. Sure. There's a real chance Jonathan Taylor doesn't play this year. Yeah, there is. There is. So I, I, I let's just segue on into it. You know what I'm doing What's when that? I when I when I have my ranks printed out 
when I get ready for my drafts, like especially in keeper leagues, I cross out the players that are already taken. Jonathan Taylor's name is getting X'd out right away. Yeah. He's yeah. Un- he's undraftable. Why why would you want that guy this year? The only spot where I can confidently say, you know what, if you want to draft Jonathan Taylor, you go ahead and you do it, is if you're in a startup dynasty. Yeah, start- well, I'm not talking about start, but forget that. That's that's fine. That's he, even he, in a keeper yeah. league, even in a keeper league, depending no, on where you it. can get him. Well, I mean, look, if, if you're getting Jonathan Taylor, if Jonathan Taylor falls all the way to the ninth round, and you can oh, he's not going to fall though to the ninth round though. No, where where do you have him in, in your in your ranks? Have you updated him? Because I did, I did move him. I did, but I it's just like I'm not going to draft him. I'm like assuming that he's going to come back at some point this year, especially after the four games. So I have him as my RB eighteen. I have my RB twenty four. Yeah, and like that could be moved down. Like you know, yeah, he's he's right now. If I just go into the overalls very quickly he is he's going at the top of the sixth round in, t- in 10 team leagues t- start of the fifth in 12 at 62 overall yeah sorry 52 overall 52 overall that's it's kind of where he is now and even then like jake said do i really want to do it no no, I really don't. Jonathan he's, Taylor, I was, I was he's an interesting draft. buy low in Dynasty. I've actually been trying to do a trade with, with with Jonathan Taylor and Chris Olave. I'm trying to do some type of like combination of like Cam Akers. Uh, Good luck with that. Cam, now, his his value right. is probably the lowest that it's that it's going to be. What do you mean? That's going to be good luck. I'm I'm trying to get Jonathan Taylor. Oh, you're so, trying to, you're trying to get him. Oh, I'm trying oh, to get I him see, and Chris. I'm trying to get him and Olave. Um, you know, I'm trying to do something. But the the manager is just, uh, yeah, he, the manager is just he's all over the place, honestly. But we'll Actually, see. you know what? In a way, in a way too, I don't blame the manager. I think the best bet for any and all Jonathan Taylor dynasty managers like myself is to just hold on. I would just go into the tank this year. I really would and try to get. Well, Martin that was and that was my plan off the jump, and he's a my friend th- of mine too. I might tell him that. Be like, look. I would just go in the tank. And and by the way, I did adjust uh, my dynasty to where wins and losses does not determine the draft order anymore. It's totality of points on your team because we had a little bit of an issue with that the last two years. Um, but it's total oh, points. I see. So it's, so it's points. Like, dude, we had somebody with Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup finish with the first overall pick one year. Like, that, that, that can't happen. Like, the, no. you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not finishing last. Like you might miss the playoffs if your team is complete garbage, but those two are going to win you enough games to where you're not picking number one. Correct. Um, so we score ha- enough we, points. Yeah, we we had an issue with that, and and there was a lot of backlash. So now what we're doing this year is it's just you get the you know total amount of points from you know the top on down, and that will determine the draft order. So, so. you could you could be technically the first team out and have the fewest amount of points, and first team out. Would. Yeah, but that that's not going to happen though, dude. Have the fewest amount of points and be the you. But I, I did I did speaking. I did the math though outside of the year where that one team did did the, went in the tank and I did it last year. The, believe it or not, the draft order was exactly the same, just based on points. So, you know, we're trying to reward the true awful teams out there. Of course, as as you absolutely should, because the team and we had people Mark getting Cooper Cup should not be taking yeah. the first overall pick. 
Yeah. And like we had teams get screwed out of it. It was a little bit of a mess, but you know what? It's a solution that everybody's happy with. So that's as a commissioner, it is. And I'll never have to worry about that. I don't, I, at least I hope not. So I, I was going to say, you, you, you hope not. Hope so not. now let me ask you about just wrapping up the, the Jonathan Taylor situation. Uh, we obviously have to talk about what do you do now with the remaining Colts running backs with the likes of Evan Hall, with the likes of our good buddy, our best friend, Deion Jackson. Uh, Jake, what did you do with Hall and with Jackson? Because I did move them up pretty significantly. Both of them are inside my top 50 now. Yeah, me too. Um, I have Deion Jackson ranked as... I actually have Deion Jackson inside my top 40. Oh, okay. I, I have Deion Jackson ranked as my RB39. Okay. I have Deion Jackson as my RB46. Evan Hall is my RB49 right now. Evan Hall for me is my RB52. Okay. I'm, I'm a little... Uh, it, it's Deion Jackson season, baby. It has to be. I mean, he's he's just the greatest guy in the world. We love him. We love him here here on this program. So, all right, let me ask you this then. In terms of draftability, Evan Hull, Deion Jackson, Jonathan Taylor, rank him. In terms of draftability at price, Deion Jackson is free right now. So Deion Jackson is number one. Uh, I guess Jonathan Taylor. I just don't really think Evan Hull is all that good is the problem. Like, I just don't really. Deion Jackson showed something last year. I, I, I really think it's Deion Jackson season. I really I, I sincerely believe that. I hope I'm right. Um he's, he's gonna get his shine. We love him. I, I it's, it's Deion Jackson season. What what more do you want from me? He's just he's just the best. We 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 do love De- Deion Jackson. I would still say I'm comfortable enough, depending on price. If it's around seven, I still would take Jonathan Taylor. I, I would take I would take that gamble. I don't want to. I'll, I'm completely transparent here. I don't want to draft any of them. I think the Colts running back to draft is Anthony Richardson. Personally, you would take Deion Jackson in the last round of your draft if you could. Of course I would. Oh, of course yeah. I would. Like if if he's if he's sitting there in in the last round of this draft tonight, guess what? I'm taking him. It's Deion Jackson season. It's always Deion Jackson season. But the running back that I think is going to have the most value at the end of the day for the Colts, and the one that won't screw you, is is Anthony Richardson, who, by the yeah. way, I, I did get in a draft last night, and I'm very, very, very excited. Yeah, I got him in the Superflex, the 14. So uh, I'm very excited about that as well. But yeah, I agree with you. But I do think Deion Jackson will have value. Let me just ask you about about this team that I, that I that I drafted last night before we uh, before we go into the rankings disputes. I just want your uh, your your thoughts. So it's a, a twelve man full PPR, okay? Twelve team full. Yes. So I was the fourth overall pick. Deshaun Watson, Jalen Waddle, DK Metcalf, Austin Eckler, Brees Hall, Evan Ingram. Alexander Madison, Christian Watson, Dalvin Cook, Anthony Richardson, Rashad Bateman, Cole Komet, Jalen Hyatt, Josh Kelly, Youngway Koo, Saints D. How many teams is this? 12. That's a really good team for a 12. Who the hell are these 12 managers? 
So what was happening in this draft was these quarterbacks were just flying off the board. That's and, stupid. And then there, there I was, the last team that was just sitting there in like the 10th round. Deshaun Watson was there. And then had the quarterbacks, round, yeah, had a, had a quarterbacks fly off the board and Deshaun Watson's going in. The, that makes no sense. Because all the top ones went. That's stupid. Went, went big. All, all it was needed was for Josh Allen to go end of the second round. And he had Mahomes. I think Mahomes, Hurts, and what Burrow. League, what league? Who was this round. with? What's that? Who, what league was this? Oh, this is a home league. This is, this is not an expert league. Yeah, this is... Yeah, is this like a serious, serious league? Like where the oh, oh yeah, is pretty oh yeah. This is this is a this is a big money league. Yeah, I think that a like lot of people just panicked when they saw these quarterbacks that were just flying off the board. And there I was, just sitting there, nice and pretty, looking at Deshaun Watson, and then Anthony Richardson in the eleventh round, right after. It's like okay, sure. There's my pivot done. Yeah, I'm very very happy uh, with the way that this team that this team panned out. Uh, Austin Eckler is a great friend of the program. Okay, let's go into the rankings disputes. And we are going to start at the quarterback position. Funny enough that I'm defending a New York Giant. It it doesn't happen very often, but here I am. Uh, Daniel Jones. I have Daniel Jones as the QB 11. Jake has Daniel Jones as the QB 16. Jake, why so low on Daniel Jones? I mean, he threw for 14 touchdowns last year for starters, number one. Also, the whole offense runs through Saquon Barkley. That is a run-first team bearing any catastrophic game scripts. I think last year Daniel Jones had a softer schedule, and this year, see that schedule? Second toughest schedule for quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. Not exactly ideal there. And also, you need to remember what teams tell us, right? The New York Giants didn't pick up Daniel Jones's fifth-year option for a reason. They didn't believe in him at one point until they kind of came in. And, and the deal he got is not necessarily like a huge long-term commitment. Like, they can get out of that commitment relatively early into it. I believe it was only for three years as well. So, I can tell... I, like, I kind of see these things from uh, earlier than most would. And to me, Daniel Jones is a prime regression candidate this year. They didn't make that drastic of changes to the offense outside of Darren Waller. And by the way, the giant tight ends were pretty serviceable last year. Maybe not for your fantasy team, but, you know, they Daniel were utilized. Bellinger. Daniel yeah. Bellinger was a thing for a little bit, and then he, uh, then he had the eye injury. And then, yeah. Exactly. I mean, these receivers are still pretty young and inexperienced. They got guys like Paris Campbell that are expected to have a role here. Whoop-de-damn-do. And this is a Saquon Barkley-driven offense. And while we love, I mean, you could say, oh, the rushing upside of Daniel Jones, that's great and all. But there's a chance that could regress with Saquon Barkley playing for his cash this year. And we all know that the New York Giants offense is at its best when Saquon Barkley is the primary ball handler, like this isn't Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. This isn't Jalen Hurts in Philly This or Justin Fields in Chicago. Like this is a very watered down version to that. And when I'm looking at the guys that are instead that I have ahead of him on my list, like Tua, Anthony, Anthony Richardson, how can you take Daniel Jones ahead of Anthony Richardson this year where Anthony Richardson is literally the RB1 of the Indianapolis Colts? A team with Shane Steichen who coached this guy Jalen Hurts last year in case you forgot. 
Kirk Cousins, Mr. Dependable. I know what I'm getting with Kirk Cousins. I don't know what I'm getting with Daniel Jones. Aaron Rodgers, you're going to tell me Daniel Jones is ahead of Aaron Rodgers? Come on. With Garrett Wilson this year, with real receivers, with not a hurt thumb, the last time we said Aaron Rodgers couldn't play football, he only won back-to-back MVPs. So uh, I'm lower on Jones. I think he's a prime regression candidate, and it is what it is. I'm more than fine with not having Jones on my roster this year. So I think Daniel Jones, and the reason why I have him at at QB11 is I actually look at him – Yes, I I agree with you. I think he is a regression candidate, but in both senses. I think he only averaged 200 yards per game last year. The 15 passing touchdowns that he had, yes, I agree. That's that's not sustainable enough for a quarterback that you are expecting is going to start week in, week out for you. But at the end of the day, I look at the underlying numbers with with Daniel Jones. First four years of his career, his completion percentage has gone up every single year. Last year had his most passing yards for a season. Granted, again, only the 15 touchdowns, whatever it may be. The rushing numbers, I want to see what happens there. 120 carries a year ago and just over 700 yards rushing with seven touchdowns. That's after him being pretty much a two to 400 yard rusher uh, through the first three years of his career. I, I want to see where that number kind of comes down to. If that's going to, if he's more of closer to that 450, 500 yard number, or if he really can be that. 700 yard number i think what also helps him as well is look at the system that he's in and look at the coach that he's playing under now with brian dable brian dable was with josh allen josh allen's mo is launch the ball around the park and run when you have to the difference between the buffalo offense and the giants offense as, as jake pointed out is of course you do have saquon barkley and you have to get him as in, uh, as involved as you possibly can what did the Giants do during the offseason? Yeah, they they made some improvements in the pass catching department last year. Had one of the smaller all around passing pass catching units in the entire league. This year they did get a little bit bigger. You have uh, Darren Waller that's going to be there now, who should really help injuries. Of course, if he could stay healthy, that is a huge plus. Dan- Daniel Jones has looked for him a ton already throughout the preseason. I would expect that to definitely continue as we head into the regular season. Uh, he stays if he stays healthy, Darren Waller, and you have some of these guys in the wide receiver room, the likes of can Isaiah Hodgins potentially take a step? Can Paris Campbell be p- potentially more consistent than he's been in the past? Can Wandale Robinson come back and be the guy who we really had a lot of promise for, albeit it was probably for about 10 minutes? But nonetheless, there is some flash there with, with Wandale Robinson. If if he can get one other guy that he can consistently go to outside of Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley as you know the primary outlets for, for Daniel Jones, there is no way that you could tell me that Daniel Jones is not going to have at least 20 passing touchdowns this year. And let me just see where I have it for the projections. Let me just see it on the spreadsheet. Yeah, I have him down for 3,520. And I think that's a very reasonable enough expectation with the rush with the rushing numbers. 100 carries for 592 rushing yards. So I have him just just under that 600-yard mark. So I see reg- I see positive and negative regression coming for Daniel Jones where it could be a bit more balanced. But I would agree that the schedule is definitely much tougher, and you just got to look at the six games that he'll have to play in his own division. Philly defense, we know what they bring to the table. Washington's defense is much improved, and – Dallas, they got themselves a guy in the back end called Stephon Gilmore, who 
one time was an all pro cornerback and is going to be a partner now with Trayvon Diggs. So the schedule is much more difficult for Daniel Jones, but we're going to see what kind of leap he could potentially take if he can be the answer for, for the New York Giants in their search for the post Eli Manning heir. Sounds like you really made my case for me. I, I, you know, well, I it, it, you I made my say, case for me. I should say this as well. We've talked about this before, where there is a group of quarterbacks that are all the same to me. Daniel Jones is very much in that group. Okay, I think he's where on the bottom of that group. Very that's, inter- that's very. Inter- I would not say he's he is on the bottom. And I I will also give you this: the reason why that I have Daniel Jones ahead of Anthony Richardson is because I know Daniel Jones can throw. We don't know what the passing mechanics really look like for Anthony Richardson as of yet. Who's whose ceiling is greater? Anthony Richardson, no doubt about it. With Aaron Rodgers, I'll give you the reason why I'm higher on Jones than I am with Rodgers. It's the rushing for me. I know Daniel Jones is going to rush more than Aaron Rodgers. I would make a calculated bet that Aaron Rodgers is going to throw for more touchdowns than Daniel Jones in six point per passing touchdown. Yeah, leads. come on, that, that I yeah. would go with Aaron Rodgers. Four point, which is how we rank on, yeah, on Roger, Rogers. Pros, could, I would go Daniel Jones. Yeah, Rogers is going to run for a couple touchdowns this year, like he always does. Uh, he probably will. I mean, let me just see what I have him down for in terms of the rushing touchdowns. I have him down for. I have him down for two. Give me five. How many did he have last year? Do you know that number off the top of your head? I can, I, I, I no. can look. I can look. He had last year one. It was a weird year. One last year. All right, so Daniel Jones is done. Let's go to J.K. Dobbins. Okay. guy that we have had massive debates about pretty much over the entire offseason. First of all, a fantastic look for J.K. Dobbins that Melvin Gordon is no longer in town. Yeah, Gus Edwards is, is there still, though. Gus Edwards is, is, is still there, and I expect Gus Edwards – to potentially be a, a factor in this. But if we look at when he came back after week 14, J.K. Dobbins looked like an entirely new player after coming back, not being 100% healthy, then missing time. I believe he missed eight or nine weeks um, in the in the middle and, of the season. Average over yeah. six yards a clip, 14 carries a game. He looked like the guy that the Baltimore Ravens were looking at at the running back department. The question is, this is the big question, the Baltimore Ravens did make improvements in the pass-catching department. What are they going to do now with this brand-new offense? Are they going to divert from what has worked in the past? Well, worked in terms of you got Lamar Jackson paid a shit ton of money, which is run, 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 run. Or is it going to be more balanced? The one thing that I will concede with J.K. Dobbins is I don't know about the ultimate touchdown upside with him. Is he a guy that's going to be a double double touchdown guy? Probably not. But is he, does he have, say, 220 touch upside if all things go perfectly for him? Yes, he absolutely does. And based on what we saw last year when he came back, he looked healthy. He looked fresh, and he's looked that way in the preseason as well. He's looked pretty good in, in training camp. He doesn't look like the knee has been bothering him all that much, which is definitely a good thing. And at the price that you're getting him at right now, 
we're taking him back end of round five. He's in that group of running backs where, you know, there are a lot of questions that could be that could be asked. And I'm definitely taking him over the likes of Brees Hall. I'm taking him over the likes of Miles Sanders. I'm taking him over the likes of Alexander Madison as well. So Dobbins, I think he is a calculated gamble, but a very, very good one. And it's still it's still relatively young, too. He's still only 24 years old. And in an offense where Let's face it, there are a lot of fantasy managers that really want to be a part of this Baltimore Ravens offense this year. You could definitely get a, a pretty significant piece of that with, with J.K. Dobbins. You set me up well. Thanks. You, you bring up Dobbins looking good uh, last year, week 14 and on. You're forgetting a very key detail there. Who's the quarterback of the Ravens when J.K. Dobbins was at his best last year? Not Lamar Jackson. Not Lamar not- Jackson. Not Lamar Jackson, and that's my biggest gripe with J.K. Dobbins and any Ravens running back. The rushing attack is centered around Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is the Ravens' number one running back at the end of the day. And that hurts J.K. Dobbins, especially on the goal line, and especially when you factor in he's a smaller body. And, oh, there's this guy, Gus Edwards, that's a really big body that is built for the goal line. There will be so many frustrating games this year. If you if you roster J.K. Dobbins, you look up and you see, oh, Gus Edwards, Two-yard touchdown. Shit. You're, you're going to feel that way a bunch. And in this offense with Lamar Jackson in particular, it's not built for running backs to really factor into the passing attack that much. When, especially when you went out there and you got Zay Flowers, Odell, Rashad Bateman's back. Oh, and this guy Mark Andrews, who's the number one receiver in this entire offense. Where are the catches for J.K. Dobbins this year? They're not really – I'm not seeing a whole lot of pass catching upside there. So in full, he really takes a hit. So you have a guy – where he's probably not going, he's not going to lead the Ravens in rushing this year. That'll be Lamar Jackson. If he play, I mean, granted, Lamar Jackson needs to play 17 games, which, you know, yeah. We like don't that, know. We don't know. About exactly. That. You never know. So, but if let's just assume Lamar Jackson plays 17 games, he's going to rush for over a thousand yards this year. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, Lamar? Yeah. I could tell you, I could tell you in the in the projections what I have them down for. I I would say I probably agree. Uh, let me see what I have them down for in the projections. I got Lamar down for nine hundred and sixty five rushing yards. So yeah, so 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 you have a guy where he's getting hurt from somebody on his own team, getting hurt on the goal line, and there's not a ton of pass catching upside, and that's the guy you want on your fantasy team this year. Oh, and by the way, he's never done anything before. He's never he has legitimately never done anything for a sustained period of time in the National Football League. And that's a fair point. No thanks. You're telling me that you would rather have him over guys like Rashad White, Cam Akers, even Brees Hall. Brees Hall maybe in the beginning it might be a little bit rocky, but I guarantee you at one point this year Brees Hall will be comfortably ahead of this guy. So, and this is another guy that has never played a full season either. Oh man, bro. You got to cut and run on this guy. I'm telling you. It's bad. I once believed in him too. I I, I I was a sucker at one point. And then I saw the light that Ravens running backs are no good in fantasy football. So Brees Hall, I have separated uh with by one with with Dobbins. Ludicrous. That really is ludicrous. That really is a, a, a tough debate that, that I have. And I did I did take Brees Hall in, in that draft the, uh last night over over JK Dobbins. And Listen, you make fair you make fair points. It most of the 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 promise with J.K. Dobbins is just that. It's promise, it's hype. We've seen it before. Granted, 
in various stints. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it, bro. You can't be taking J.K. Dobbins at a premium. You get him at a discount. Cool. The earliest I would take Dobbins is like round six, and that's if I am very thin at running back. If I went receiver heavy and it's like the middle of the sixth round, Dobbins is there. Fine, I'm gonna I'm gonna swallow it. But chances of that happening are very slim to none, and I'm fine. I I nope. I'm good. I'm good without J.K. Dobbins this year. Really? Would you take Would you take J.K. Dobbins or James Conner? I, I would. Prob- I would. Uh, yeah, I would take Dobbins. I would yeah, take Dobbins. Okay. That's not saying a whole lot. No, it's not. It's not for you. For for you, no, it's not. No, I would. I would comfortably, comfortably still, still take Dobbins. I would take. I would take him over Damian Pierce if that that really is any consolation to J.K. Dobbins fantasy managers. And he's right. He's right underneath Pierce. Is right underneath Connor for me. Yeah, I would take him over Pierce. Um, let me, let me refer to the ranks here. I would take him over Pierce. I would take him over DeAndre Swift. I would take him over Pacheco. I'd probably take him over Dalvin Cook, but there could be some convincing that goes on there because I think Dalvin's going to be great in the beginning of the year. I would take him over Javante Williams, uh, Kamara. Yeah, we're not really talking about any rock stars here, but Akers, Sanders, Madison, Hall, Rashad, my buddy Rashad White. Yeah, definitely over Dobbins for me. Well, you met you mentioned Dalvin Cook. Let's go right into it. I'm the one. I'm the low man on Dalvin Cook. I have him as my RB28. Jake has him as RB24. Not much of a huge difference, and I don't think we're going to have much of a fiery debate on this one. I think more of my question is, Jake, why Dalvin Cook as an RB2? It's going to be returning your investment pretty solid early on in the year, and I think a lot of you need to have a hot start in fantasy, in my opinion. I hate the whole – I I want to have a good start and relax a little bit. And I think Hook's going to kill it in the beginning of the year. At games against the AFC East, he's killed the AFC East before with the Minnesota Vikings. And I don't think – I mean, remember his 80-yard touchdown last year against the Bills? He had an, a 75-yarder against the Dolphins. He loves going to Miami, his hometown, especially a team that didn't want to give him the money when he was a free agent. And you And we need to look at what teams tell us. The New York Jets did not bring Dalvin Cook in here for $9 million bucks just not to give him the ball and be a backup running back, especially earlier in the year with their a guy that's so important to their franchise coming back from a major knee injury. They want to bring him along slowly in Brees Hall. And Dalvin Cook didn't come to the New York Jets on a one-year deal not to get the ball. This, to me, screams, hey, one year, we paid you a good amount of money. We are going to run you into the damn ground, and then we'll we'll bring back Brees Hall next year when he's 100% healthy and we're going to unleash him from start to finish. That's what that is for me. So I, I, Dalvin Cook definitely still has enough gas left in the tank. A guy that everybody thinks is washed, still rushed for over 1,000 yards last year when he was hurt. I want a piece of that with Aaron Rodgers. And we know that guys and running backs in particular in this Nat Hackett offense, they're very involved in the pass catching department. And that's what Dalvin Cook did too in Minnesota. So we're, we're looking at Dalvin Cook, a guy that you're drafting, in like the seventh round of fantasy drafts, he could easily outperform those guys that are going in like the third round right now for your teams. And what you could do is, if you if you don't believe in him long term, you could flip him after a couple solid games earlier in the year. So th- this is a, a a crazy debate that people are having that think Dalvin Cook is washed and the Jets aren't going to use him because I assure you, the first three weeks especially, he will out snap and out touch Brees Hall, a hundred percent. So. Get Dalvin Cook at the at the discount here. Buy the dip. So let me ask you. Let me ask you this then before I give my 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 reasoning against. But I shouldn't say against because I I agree with most of the things that you said. Not all. 
at the end of the season, who do you think will be ranked higher? Who do you think will have more points at the end of the year? Brees Hall or Dalvin Cook? I think it might be Cook. Okay. So I agree with what you said, that Dalvin Cook, the the the, the nonsense that Dalvin Cook is finished, toast, whatever. I don't agree but, with it. And they brought him here for a very distinct reason. Absolutely. Dalvin Cook played most of the season last year. Hurt. He had a bum shoulder, played the entire year with it, had surgery, and has featured in a limited capacity thus far with, with the New York Jets. He said that he is going to be ready to go. He's 100%. For, he practiced yesterday week fully. One. Yep. Yeah. So he'll, he'll, be, he'll be ready to go. The downside that I have with Dalvin Cook off the jump is I just look at the Jets' schedule to start the season. Okay. It's brutal. Those teams got to play the Jets. Hang on. Those teams got to play the Jets, too, though. Those teams sure. aren't exactly thrilled to see them. And he has had success against those teams that he's had on that schedule, particularly Buffalo week one. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. And the Buffalo defense is not the Buffalo defense of old this year. Well, he scored. And he scored against every single AFC East team last year, except for one. Yeah. The team that they play in week three, the New England Patriots. Yeah, which, you know, come on. Right. But – Start off against against the Bills, then they go to Dallas and play the Cowboys, then at home versus the Patriots, then the Chiefs, so I think he could have some 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 good success against, then the Broncos and then the Eagles. Those are really tough run defenses against teams that have really really strong defensive lines and They're, could yeah, be hang more on. pass pass centric games. Yeah, let's Where, go back. Let, let's backtrack sure, here. Sure. The Broncos have a really impressive. I think Brees Hall went for seventy on them last year, right? If I'm not mistaken. They have a good run defense, I would a say. Good, and, a, better, and then also, a better secondary, but a good, a and good that, run defense. And, and let's not ignore Dallas week two. Like, Aaron Rodgers loves playing at Jerry World. We well, know that's that. that's my point. That's my point. Is but that Dalvin like, Cook's going to be, be a beneficiary of that, just though. slinging it all over the park. Exactly. And, and and to running backs and checking down to Dalvin Cook and getting to inside the goal line with Dalvin Cook. Though. Well, the, that, the, the, the two go hand in hand here. That was my point, is in full point PPR, that's where I think Dalvin Cook could come into play. Oh yeah, absolutely. Is, I usually play out full. That's why a big, big reasoning for my, uh, my love and my ranks are all in full too. Yeah, for for transparency's sake, he he definitely could be your 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 dink and dunk option. And I will say, and this is not this is not me saying that I'm down on Dalvin Cook. I'm not. I, I like Dalvin Cook a whole heck of a lot, and I love the price that we're getting him at right now. It's just I look at these defenses and I say to myself, is he going to have? Especially early on, I think once he gets it going a little bit, give him like three or four games, then I think we really see you know Dalvin Cook go. But will there be rust on the tires potentially to start the year? There could be. There, there could, could be, be definitely. One last little caveat here about the about the defenses. Week one, Bills, no Tremaine Edmonds, no Von Miller. Week one, true. That's that's a huge deal. Dallas, Aaron Rodgers loves going to Dallas. Week three, New England, they're going to be on the field eighty percent of the game. They, they really, how's that offense going to move the ball? Uh, they're not. We. Week four, is Chris Jones going to show up to play? I, I don't know when Chris Jones is coming back this year for the Chiefs. Fair. Fair. So. And yeah. week, five, week five is another Aaron Rodgers going to Denver just to stick at the Sean oh, Payton sort of game. Exactly. And then, and then the Eagles. And the Eagles, Eagles are tough. Eagles. Yeah. The Eagles. The, 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 there's no doubt, though. But And these teams got to play the Jets, too. I don't think these teams oh, are just jumping for joy. The, you know, this is. Oh, they got to no, play no, us, no, no. too. No, I'm, I'm also not saying that, and we don't, and we also don't know how much Brees Hall is going to feature. Like, it's I agree be, with you. I don't think it's going to be a whole lot early. I agree with you. I, I don't think it should be. 
I think no. the Jets are really smart about this. You limit Brees Hall to maybe 10, 10 touches, touches a game to start, and, yep. then you, and then you ramp him up from there. I would agree with you that if, if I'm going and I'm going in a direction where I want to draft the Jets running back early, I go for I'm going for one. I would go for Dalvin Cook. And for what it's worth, I did take Dalvin Cook before I took Brees Hall. And I was and I just sat there and I was like, oh, okay, Brees Hall's there. All right, let's just take him, lock up this backfield and, and get the job done. Another thing that aids Dalvin Cook a little bit, and, the, and again, this is not me saying that I don't want Dalvin Cook. Aaron Rodgers wanted Dalvin Cook there. So that exactly. Helps that 100% helps him. It and they lot. paid him they paid him a, like a good sum of money yeah. here. Yeah. They pay, they paid him quite handsomely. I'm telling so, you, bro, buy him. Get a, get oh, at he's least a, one share of this guy this year. Oh, absolutely. I I I got it. So I'm I'm like I'm I'm chilling. Yeah, I'm I got chilling. my share. I might get a second this week, but you know. Yeah, I agree. I'm very very happy with the with the share of Dalvin Cook right now. Uh I want to move Brees Hall, Brees Hall down a little bit, but I know if I move Brees Hall down, it means I have to move J.K. Dobbins down, and I don't know if I'm, I'm in that same. I, I have Brees uh, Hall as my RB sixteen right now. I could see myself moving him down. Like he's my RB sixteen as well. Yeah, and I could I could see definitely see myself uh, moving him down and maybe moving Dalvin Cook a little bit closer. I will say this, even though I have Dalvin Cook as my RB twenty eight, I would absolutely no doubt one hundred percent be taking Dalvin Cook over Jonathan Taylor right now. Yeah, me too. That's not close. Me too. Because at least you know Dalvin Cook is going to be playing. I think I would take J.K. Dobbins over Jonathan Taylor right now, too. <laughs> oh, oh, how sweet. Yeah. How sweet of you. So, let's go to the receivers. This is a guy we've talked about this offseason uh, a, a little bit. I don't think we've talked about him really all that much, though. It's DeAndre Hopkins. He my wide receiver 26. Jake's wide receiver 19. Jake, the argument for DeAndre Hopkins, sir. Did he look done last year? No, no. He looked great. He looked great. What, what what's has Ryan Tannehill been like a huge detriment to fantasy receivers before? No. So what's the problem? I can tell you what the problem is. Go ahead. You got big Derrick Henry there. Okay, was was Big Derrick Henry there for when AJ Brown was a fantasy beast for the Titans? Oh yes, he was. But we're talking AJ Brown when he was just coming into the league and it was a young spring chicken. DeAndre Hopkins is thirty-one well, years old. The, yeah, but hang on, hang on. The year when Derrick Henry set the was the leading rusher for back-to-back mm-hmm. years. AJ Brown was fantastic in fantasy. Yes, yes. I don't say, I'm not saying that, but AJ Brown also. We're talking fresh, no tread in the tires. DeAndre Hopkins. 31 years old. And yes, I'm not saying DeAndre Hopkins is done. Like, no, 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 no. So the thing on that, that is what you're saying here, bro. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I am saying that I see DeAndre Hopkins at 31 years old not being as efficient as someone who was 22 and coming into the NFL. It's it's the same. That is a wrong point than shoot me. It's the same offense. And DeAndre Hopkins looked exceptional last year for the Cardinals. With I I would say very good. And also, let's let's not act like Ryan Tannehill is even close to the worst quarterback DeAndre Hopkins has played with. I, I, the way I look at Hopkins is he will always get his no matter what. And the, sure. and he didn't sign there to not get his. And that's a sure. team that's and that's a team where I mean it could work in both ways. Look, if you think the Titans are going to be completely awful this year, guess what? That means they're going to have to throw a lot, and that ha- that helps DeAndre Hopkins. So, 
I think this is a team that's going to be relatively in games this year that needs to feature DeAndre Hopkins. And also, let's keep this in mind. If you think they're bad, what are they going to do with the trade deadline? They're going to sell. And we could see DeAndre Hopkins go to another team. Potentially. Potentially. I would say that the the, the Titans landing spot and the reason for wide receiver 26, it's not the sexy landing spot that that everyone wanted. I just don't see the games where we're seeing DeAndre Hopkins anymore being a locked and load. I I just don't see high-end wide receiver two appeal with Hopkins. Can I see low-end wide receiver two appeal? Sure. Is he a safe option? Sure. I would say the floor is very safe. I would say the ceiling is extremely limited. And quite honestly, I don't know what kind of touchdown upside DeAndre Hopkins is going to have when, yeah, you've got Derrick Henry there. Because I would imagine anything close inside the five-yard line, guess that ball's going to. It's not going to DeAndre Hopkins. It could go to DeAndre Hopkins. Could go to DeAndre Hopkins. You never know. It could. Oh, it definitely could. And also the thing you need to remember with Hopkins, too, is he's got a chip on his shoulder that nobody wanted him when he was available. It was really just Tennessee or New England. And he was mad. And he was pretty livid. And DeAndre Hopkins with a chip on his shoulder is, is going to be a sight to see. And this also reminds me, look, we've made this miscalculation with players and receivers in particular. Remember when nobody wanted Brandon Cooks when Davis Mills was going to be the rookie starter for the the Texans? Brandon Cooks was totally fine and was a steal on draft day. And that's kind of what DeAndre Hopkins reminds me of a little bit. A guy that we kind of wrote off after he's been nothing but consistent and great his whole career for the fantasy community. And here he is right now. Everybody thinks it's a murky situation. No matter what, I think he'll still get his. And that's why I'm going to place my bet and my like I'll put my money on DeAndre Hopkins until the wheels fall off entirely. Like you want to take guys like Drake London ahead of him, who we'll talk about. Fine. Go ahead. Enjoy freaking Desmond Ritter uh, over Ryan Tannehill. And, and there's this guy, B. John Robinson there and Kyle Pitts. Fine. Go ahead. Take Drake London over him. You want to take guys with, with Baker Mayfield throwing him passes. Fine. Have, ha- have fun there. Like this is the stuff that I'm talking about here that I don't seem to understand. And even like, I, you know, I, I can see why you could have a guy like, I don't know. Is Brandon Ayuk ahead of him for you? Which I, I think he is maybe by one or two. No. No, I have Hopkins ahead by one. Is Jerry Judy... Well, it's a little tough now with the injury, but was Jerry Judy ahead of him? No. He never was. Was... was Chris, I assume Godwin was? Uh, Godwin is. Yeah, well... Yeah, bro. Godwin is, and yeah, Mike Evans, is, there too. Evans isn't. Yeah, that's... that's Godwin should not be ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. That's, that's, that's ludicrous to me. I think Godwin has more catch and more touchdown upside than Hopkins does. Touchdown upside with with yes. Baker Mayfield? Yes. Disagree. When is Baker when is Baker Mayfield ever supported a fantasy I don't want to say relevant, but when has somebody catching passes for Baker Mayfield ever won anything for you? It wasn't Jarvis Landry in Cleveland? What sure no. shit was not Odell? No. I'm not saying we're in this range right now where we're talking about guys that are going to be contributors. We're not talking about guys that are going to be league winners. Godwin is going I to think, be a solid contributor week week in, week out, especially. And you can't and you can't tell me, and you can make the case more for Chris Godwin than you can DeAndre Hopkins right now. Yes. Ludicrous. Absolutely oh, ludicrous. Absolutely can. Terror, absolutely t- can. Now now who, never disagreed with you, I think, more than this. <laughs> now let me okay, let me ask you this. What would you say is the optimal upside for DeAndre Hopkins this year. DeAndre finishing the top 15. So that he would have to be, you think realistically that DeAndre Hopkins could be his career, his close to, yeah, career norm or close to it. 
So you think he could be an 80 foot? Let's just round. Let's say that DeAndre Hopkins will take. Just looking at his numbers now. Let's just say that he's somewhere around. We'll take his last year in Houston. 104 catches on 150 targets, 1,100 yards, and seven touchdowns. I think from a, I don't think he's catching 100 balls, but I mean, is 88, 1,000 and change, and six or seven impossible? No, it's not no, impossible. It's, it's, it's not impossible. That's not impossible. I guarantee you that's a better year than what Chris Godwin's going to have. Or if, I would I would say Chris Godwin has more points per game than DeAndre Hopkins does. DeAndre Hopkins, we know so. is going to play. We that, know that, DeAndre Hopkins. I will play. I will take the Tennessee offense well ahead of the Tampa Bay Bucks offense. Sure, but I would also I would also say that, the, that we're, when we're comparing the Titans and the Bucks, I would say that the best the best guy that you would want in either offense is Derrick Henry. It's Derrick Henry, but outside of Derrick Henry for the Titans, there's DeAndre Hopkins. Where outside of Chris Godwin, there's Mike Evans. And then there's our buddy Rashad White. Let me see what I have Godwin down for in relation to Hopkins. So Hopkins I have down for uh, 76 catches, a shade over 1,000 yards, and five touchdowns. Godwin I have projected. That's a pretty good year, I might add. For, oh, it's a fine year. Godwin I have down for 89 catches, 977 yards, and five touchdowns. So Godwin for me is just the more reliable catch guy but yeah. in terms of yards in terms of touchdowns to yards me, to me they're about to smoke the same. him godwin uh hopkins is going to smoke him and bearing injury i might add there is sure. a concern with deandre who did i don't really know if he was actually hurt though last year or if the Cardinals. No, i don't just, think he was yeah, i don't think he was more of a reason to be excited with Deion. i'm telling you bro well could the same thing let's just say let's just say we gotta move on to, to drake london let's just say that the Titans are not competitive. Let's just say. Is it possible that the same thing happens? Where Hopkins isn't traded and he decides to sit. He has his audition year and then potentially next next offseason he signs a contract somewhere else. Is that within, within the realm of possibility? It is. Okay. I... <sighs> There was something I wanted to say, but I'm not going to say it. Let's move on. Let's move on to uh, to, to Drake London. Um, for me, the, the rookie season for Drake London, in a nutshell, was on paper, it was not great. But if you look at the underlying metrics for Drake London, he was pretty good. He earned a shit ton of targets. He was 22nd in raw target volume a year ago. Thank you to my friends at, at Fantasy Pros for providing that, that data in our most recent article. Go check that out, by the way, fantasypros.com. And the upside with Drake London going, in, going into year two is tremendous. And it hinges, shall we say, on what Desmond Ritter does. If Desmond Ritter, who, Jake, we both love Kyle Pitts for, for various reasons, we have to like Desmond Ritter at least a little bit. And we have to see something there where we could get on board. Enough, enough, enough there. There's enough there for yes. Kyle Pitts to meet the promise that we think. Sure. There is a, there is enough there. Drake London in his second season 
I don't think he's a guy that is going to set the world on fire, much like a lot of these guys that he is in in this group with. Guys that are going to be at least consistent week in, week out, show flashes, and be solid contributor, a solid contributor for your fantasy team. He, to me, is on the lower end of this Chris Godwin debate that we just had. The upside being 80-plus catches in and around 1,000 yards with not significant touchdown upside, maybe five. But that's that's the range of receiver that we're talking about here. We're not talking about anybody in this sort of area that is going to be a 1,200-yard receiver. Now, does he have the potential? What if Desmond Ritter comes out and looks like Matt Ryan reincarnated? Then, then, then Drake sure. London... Then Drake London, it's 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 to the moon. Yeah, granted, but that's not what, happening. Granted, what I will what I will say is this, and I know I'm stomping on my own argument when I when I say this, is the rate in which I see Drake London being overdrafted so far, and the way that people want to really be invested in this Atlanta offense, I can't necessarily get behind. But if you're telling me that I could potentially get my hands on Drake London in say late round six in twelve in twelve team leagues. I'm on board. I'm right, on let, board let, with that. Let, let's play America's favorite game. Sure. Drake London or Christian Kirk? Uh, London. It's London by one, mm-hmm. but I don't love it. London by two for me. London or Brandon Ayuk? Uh, London by a lot. No, Ayuk for me. Really? Okay. Ayuk for me. Ayuk for me is my wide receiver 25 right now. He's my wide receiver 27, Ayuk. But I could I could see myself moving Ayuk up. My problem is my problem is can I can I seriously put Brandon Ayuk ahead of Debo Samuel? And I thought about it. Touche. touche. I've definitely I, I have separated about it. by three. So just for uh, transparency's sake, there. Yeah, I have Debo uh, and Ayuk separated by three as well. London or Deontay Johnson? Oh, Deontay Johnson by a lot. No, sorry, London, 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 L- London by three for me. Drake London or Tyler Lockett? Lockett. London or DJ Moore? Moore by one. London or Mike Evans? London. London or Terry McLaurin? Before the turf toe, I was saying McLaurin. Yep, for me too. After the turf toe, because that turf toe thing, it does not go away. We we have him ranked relatively similar. Like what 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 is London for you right now? For me, he's my wide receiver twenty seven. For you, it's well, wide receiver twenty one. Okay, so you you have him as a friend. So you have Drake London have DeAndre Hopkins right now. Yes. Oh, that's yes. that's just oh, bro. Yeah, you're better. You're you're much better than that. You're much better. Because I just see Drake London having more Drake, of an impact right. Drake right London away. or Calvin Ridley growth potential with with London too. We know what we're going to get out of DeAndre Hopkins, just like we know we're going to get at Chris Godwin. The ceiling is go is greater with Drake London in year two because it's the unknown. We don't know what that potentially could yeah, be. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Just when you when you factor in Russ loving Bijan, loving Kyle Pitts, is Desmond Ritter and Arthur Smith really going to supply us with three fantasy beasts out of Atlanta? With that offense, probably not. But I'm not. I'm not saying that Drake London's going to be a fantasy beast. I'm saying he's going to be a solid enough contributor. Well, that he'll have his weeks. I think he, uh, quite, he, how it, is he exciting though? Like, oh, how is he exciting? Exciting because we can not we exciting. Can be, we can these be other these other guys. Offense. Yeah, yeah. These other guys though are definitely safer than him. You would agree? Oh yeah, yeah. 
I would it's say ludicrous. Why are you taking Drake London then? Up, up, upside. The upside. Oh, is, the upside. Is tremendous. I can't. I can't wait till we circle back to all these. It's, I can't. It's I can't the, wait. It's the same thing in in essence with with Christian Watson, isn't it? We like yeah, Christian but, Watson. But, no, no, no. It's it's really not though in essence because Watson is the de facto number one target for that offense, and I could make an argument that he's the best player on that offense. Okay, could you make that argument though? You could make that argument though with Drake London, couldn't you? N- n- sure as shit can. He's not better than Kyle Pitts, and he's sure as shit not better than Bijan. Okay, so if you're inclu- if you're including the running backs into it, could I make can I make the case that Aaron Jones is better no, than Christian I, Watson? I, you you can definitely make the case, but I can I can make the case that Watson's better than Jones at this at this stage in Aaron Jones's career. Yeah, sure. The gap's so not as big. The gap's not as big as Bijan and, and Drake London. Okay, so, so then this is this is where I have to, I have to group the Hopkins and London debate together. What's the difference between talking about? Bijan is it is it just the ability that Bijan has that he could potentially catch the football? Catch, a hundred percent catch the football, and also okay. they drafted this guy seventh overall, and he's a rookie, whereas Derrick Henry is twenty eight years old, and also there's no Kyle Pitts in Tennessee. How many catches do you think Bijan Robinson could potentially have in twenty twenty three? I have him down for forty three. I think that's low. I think he can catch like fifty five balls. Ooh. Yeah. No, I think I think they're going to have to play catch up. I think they're going to be pretty terrible this year, if you ask me. That's part of the Interesting. appeal. Interesting. I I I don't feel that way. No, nah, they're they're dude. They're, they're I don't think Ritter can really play is the problem. Well, okay, that's the thing. That's the thing is I I'm definitely more open minded to the thought that Desmond Ritter could be. I think Howell. I okay. think Howell's going to be better than Ritter. I agree, but I also think that that comes down to I don't know if the talent is superb or He's, there's a but, great Drake London talent. It's Drake coaching. London. Drake London is the third guy in an offense led by Desmond Ritter. Sure. Sure. He's I would say he's in the pass catching department, he's definitely the one A, one B. No, I, I I think Pitts is the one. Well, we I, don't I, know I that. Think, I think know. so. It's now or never for Kyle Pitts. And look, yes. I could be wrong. Where I look, is there a world where I could see London being the guy to own over Kyle Pitts? hundred percent. But I'm 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 placing my bet on Kyle Pitts more so than I am Drake London because I like I think Pitts is a better player. Fair, fair enough. And Bijan, you know he's going to get his, and it just comes down to if Desmond Ritter is very good. It also comes down to I think and there's one more thing before we move to the tight end. Kyle Pitts is at a position where he could get away with catching 55, 60 balls, and that be a solid enough season for him. It just yeah. it just comes down to touchdowns. And I, I I will agree that I don't think Drake London's touchdown upside is that tremendous like it is with Kyle. Let, let me preface my uh, my comment, too, on London. I like him a lot better in half than I do in full. Fair. And the price could dictate. Like, my brother got him at a pretty substantial discount the other day in his draft where I go, okay, you know what? I don't fault you for taking Drake London. Would you, ta- would you take him in the seventh round? I would. That's where he's going. I would take him in the seventh or the eighth round, but not over the. If I can get some of these other names, yeah, I would rather. I'd much rather have Ayuk. I'd rather have DJ Moore. But those guys are not going in the seventh round, right? Right. And so London, of, of the seventh round receivers, I don't hate Drake London. I think I might. I might take Christian Kirk ahead of him, but Kirk might be going a little bit of head ahead of seven around seven now. And that's the that's the biggest debate that I've had in drafts is whether or not you know to take Christian Kirk. Or Drake London and I've, for the most part, I've been going with Kirk. 
Kirk and full for me. Just because I mean, listen, this is this is this is a pro Christian Kirk podcast. Yeah, and well, we that's love, what I'm saying. Him. I could I could still roster Drake London this year. I'm not completely out on him, but I'm not taking DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not taking him out of DeAndre Hopkins. That that's not happening. But of the seventh round receivers, okay, London, you 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 have a case there. Hopkins is going higher than Drake London in the eighth. Drake, Drake London Drake London went in like the fifth or sixth round in my draft uh, last week too. So just for transparency's sake, there I haven't seen him really go in the seventh round. I haven't had like a real set. I've had one real redraft this year. So Hopkins Hopkins is going fifty six right now. London is going sixty six. That is according to Fantasy Pros ADP. Love it. So Tyler Higby, not much of a debate that's going to be had on this one. I think more of the question is, Jake, why do you have him in your top 12? You have him at 12, I have him at 14. Yeah, I mean, I like him because the Rams don't really have that security blanket after Cooper Cup, right, where their, their wide receiver, too, is Van Jefferson. We've kind of been through that whole movie and the whole hope with him before. We know what he is at this point in his career. I think the Rams passing attack is very simple. It's feed Cooper Cup, check down to Tyler Higby if you're Matthew Stafford, two targets that Stafford is – well familiar with we think Stafford is healthy going into this year and when Matthew Stafford of the Rams went to the Super Bowl Tyler Higby for sure had his moments throughout that year I don't have the exact tight end finish but um this is a guy where in full PPR I could definitely get more excited and half and half where it's more scoring predicated where I have some concerns about scoring touchdowns for Tyler Higby I could definitely be a little bit more alarmed but Full PPR, I think I think Higby will present you with a pretty safe double-digit floor almost on a weekly basis. He's a guy where you're not going to just go into a draft and say, let me take Tyler Higby, but if tight ends really fly off that board and you're sitting there later, I think you do a whole lot worse than Tyler Higby, a guy with some upside that's outside that top 10 that you can get a pretty substantial. He's almost free in, in, in redraft leagues this year. And that's a guy that you can get a pretty substantial return on your investment. So I, I'm, I'm definitely pro Tyler Higby this year. I've been in probably close to double-digit drafts already, and I've only seen Tyler Higby drafted in probably two of them, and one was a twelve team, the other team was a, the other the other was a fourteen team league. So he's free. He's free. He's free. And I I am in the same boat. But I'm actually I'm digging Tyler Higby a lot. I think he's just a very safe option. Unexciting. A guy you could plug and play certain weeks, and if he's not cutting it for you, you just make the drop, and you go pick up somebody else, and it's not going to kill you at the at the end. Of the I, yeah, day. I'd it rather him comes, free than yeah, like it, Dallas it just, Goddard getting overdrafted. It just comes down to the tight end position as a whole. Where for me, if you're not getting one of Kelsey or Andrews, you better get Hawkinson. If you don't get Hawkinson, you better get your hands on a Pitts, Kittle, or a Waller. If you don't get a Pitts, Kittle, or a Waller. You better get your hands on a Goddard, a Frymuth, or an Ingram. And if you don't get your hands on one of those guys, then, well, good luck. Get someone for free. Yeah, that, that's right. what happened to me in the 14-man. Exactly. They get someone for free. Maybe uh, Tyler Higby. I actually don't mind. And, and this is another another thing I put in a column uh, that's coming out later this week on, uh, on Fantasy Pros was uh, talking about the Dalton Kincaid hype right now and how I don't really understand it. If you could get a Dalton Kincaid and pair him with a Tyler Higby and just see how that kind of plays out, I don't mind that. I yeah, really or, don't mind or that. Or like but a Greg Dolchik, like someone like yeah, that. Exactly. But when we start talking about Dalton Kincaid over the likes of Higby, over the likes of Dalton Schultz, over the likes of David Njoku, over the likes of Chico Conquo, who I also love, 
that 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 to me that just gets it gets that 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 is too much for me. Yeah, me too. That is way 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 too much for me. But yeah, I, I'm down with I'm down with Tyler Higby. For me, it it just comes down to I just like I like Chig and I like Cole Komet better because I think they. Yeah, aired... I'm all right with Cole Komet. I've kind of been there already. Yeah, yeah, and and Chig Chig is fine. I think the touchdown upside with Chig is fine. Um, they're all one and the same though to me. Yeah, with I mean, Higby's it's, fine it's, for free. Yeah, absolutely. And let me just let me just see before we uh, before we go here, uh, where Komet is. So Komet is going six spots higher than Higby, and Chig is going seven spots higher. Okay, so they're being drafted in and around the same spot. Around uh, Tyler Higby is going one hundred and forty first overall. Chig Conquo one thirty four. Cole Komet one thirty five. So in and around the same ballpark for. All of those guys. Well, that's going to yeah. be it for this edition of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Next show you hear, where we'll be doing a live draft Monday night. We'll be here. It'll be Adam and I. And then next week, week one preview gets you all ready to go for Thursday night. And then, Jake. The week one mailbag. Yeah, yeah. The meek the, the week one mailbag will be in full effect. We'll be re- we'll be ready to go. Submit your questions. Submit them all. We will go through as many as we possibly can. We try and keep those week one mailbags in and around an hour or so. Um, for week one, if we have to go a little bit over, we go a little bit over because it is week one. So who cares? And of course, we will we will be unveiling the uh, mailbag, the all mailbag team, which is going to be super exciting. So we, Jake and I will have, to, we'll have to definitely put that together, put our collective brains together and come up with the all mailbag team. But submit your questions to the week one mailbag. Again, we will answer as many as we possibly can. We go a little over. That's fine. We want to make sure that you guys are all set and ready to go for week one and beyond. We have 18 mailbags. So get ready. Saturday mailbags. They're coming thick and fast. So for Jake Simone, I'm Bird. Thank you so much for listening to the Nice Talk Podcast Fantasy Show, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.